0: I'm Jack Zamlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 Strip-Till Farmer podcast series supported by AgriSolutions. In today's program, we share excerpts from our recent conversation with seventh-generation farmer Trent Sanderson, who discusses some of his transitional goals and conservation principles applied on his diverse farm operation in Clare, Illinois. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you will be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to Agro Solutions. Agro Solutions is the market leader in wearable parts, components, accessories and solutions for tillage, seeding, planting, fertilizing, hardware and inventory management solutions. Improve performance and durability with a wide range of in-field solutions to advance your strip-till system. To learn more about Solutions and their three main brands, Belota, Ingersoll, and Trinity Logistics, visit agrisolutionscorp.com. While transition is often a natural part of any farming operation, whether it's altering crop rotations, tillage practices, or technology adoption, But it's also a necessary aspect of farm business management and boosting the bottom line through economic decision-making. A self-described numbers guy, Claire Illinois no-tiller and strip-tiller, Trent Sanderson, studies the dollars and cents of the family farm, from the cash crop side to leveraging livestock and transitioning acres into organic production. In today's Strip-Till Farmer podcast, supported by Agri Solutions, we share excerpts from a recent conversation with Trent, who talks about the short and long term farm management goals on his operation.
1: Thanks, Jack. My name is Trent Sanderson. Yes, I'm from Claire, Illinois, north central Illinois. And uh, I am 32 years old. Uh, I have been farming more or less full time with my family for about 10 years or so now. Uh, I am a seventh generation farmer. Um, All the generations preceding me and myself included uh, have always had off-farm income so we've always had a a diversity of income when it comes to the farm and that has not changed for many many years. Uh, We farm uh, and raise corn, soybeans, wheat, cereal, rye, Uh, We raise our own hay for a cow-calf operation that we do finish calves on. Um, So we integrate that livestock operation into the crop operation uh, with fall grazing um, crop residues and also cover crops that we do practice on the farm when we can get a chance to get those seeded. As far as tillage practices go, um, we maintain a no-till status as much as possible. Um, In recent years, we had uh, changed from conventional tillage to strip till in 2007 for our corn and no-tilling the remainder of our crops. Um, But recently, uh, the past two years, we've transitioned to more no-tilling corn uh, as our soil structures have improved over time and also our management of fertilizer has improved tremendously as well with the use of cover crops and limited tillage practices. That's an update of myself at the moment. Um, The newer things that are up and coming on our farm is we have begun to transition some of the farm to organic. So we've got very small amount of acres that are actually certified this year for the first time. And a handful of bakers more that are in transition currently. That's the latest and greatest from our operation.
2: Trent, I know you run a very uh, diverse uh, operation there, and and I appreciate you explaining and expounding a little bit on on some of that diversity. Just wanted to follow up on on the organic uh, investment that you're making, and I know um, you know certainly. Uh, from our titles and and within the industry, um, you know there has been a lot of coverage and, and emphasis on the opportunity in that area. I guess I just wanted to get a little bit more insight you know from an industry perspective what 's driving that decision making process for you guys to um, get into the organic production?
1: Well, Jack, you know me we 've got a long history, and I am a numbers guy, and I track. Everything that we spend on the farm from and I've, I've done so on a conventional farm practices for a long time and In our neighborhood, um, you know, perhaps the land expense when it comes down to whether it's you know Whether we have a mortgage on farm ground or paying rent um, I think in our neighborhood the challenge is the land expense is very expensive. So um in tracking all our inputs and uh, you know trying to come up with the best marketing plan for the commodities that we raise, it's a really big challenge to have a net profit per acre without any farm subsidy, and you know we're we're just exhausted of relying on that for any grocery money, if you will, um, and wondering you know. How much is coming this year when is that check gonna come uh you know and so what what's what got frustrating was is the cash flow perspective of it the industry has done such a good job of being so efficient both on the marketing side and the crop raising side that you know it's made a challenge to make a buck on the farm and i know everyone's situation is different but in my case that's just become really exhausting and I pride ourselves on being really efficient with the products we use, and you know, even just nitrogen, for example, on a corn-soybean rotation. I mean, we're down to 100 units of applied nitrogen that's split applied to yield 200 bushel corn. And I just don't know how to uh, trim any more expense out of the production side just from nitrogen use, for example to try to net more dollars per acre. And I'm constantly doing trials with more applied nitrogen and less in different soil types, different rotations. And I've just, we've reached this plateau of, I don't know what more we can do to, on the conventional farm practice side to make things better. So uh, the fast and simple answer for us in our location is to, Switch some acres to organic, and uh, part of that motivation is we are neighbors to organic producers already. Where I have to, you know, pay attention and be concerned about things like spraying applications. Uh, there's days that the weather is fit, but the wind is in the wrong direction that I can't accomplish uh, using any herbicides, for example. So. Um, those places where we neighbor the organic producers already, seems as though it's a easy answer to uh, switch those farms. Um, secondly, we are uh, friends and colleagues with those producers and can bounce some ideas off of them for trying different things. So I guess that's the as short an answer as I can give for trying to head down that path, you know, the, the, the why and the how to.
0: We'll get back to the discussion shortly, but I wanted to once again thank our sponsor, Agri Solutions, for making this podcast possible. Improve performance and durability with a wide range of infield solutions to advance your strip-till system. To learn more about Agri Solutions and their three main brands, Belota, Ingersoll, and Trinity Logistics, visit agrisolutionscorp.com. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Trent Sanderson on how he efficiently weighs farm equipment needs versus wants to run a profitable operation today and in the future.
1: We are really good third owners of equipment and making that stuff last until the wheels fall off. (laughs) Um, So not in particular, I guess the only things that have really changed recently is we do, we, we used to borrow a roller crimper. We now own one. Um, just for the simple fact that timing is of the essence when it comes to rolling and crimping cover crops to terminate them at the right growth stage. And the other thing we've done is I've adapted our Dawn strip till bar to handle dry fertilizer where we were handling liquid only before. And I'm actually not using it for the use of dry fertilizer, but rather I'm using it as a cover crop applicator. Um, planting wheat and cereal rye in strips with the strip till bar, and then uh, next spring planting crops in between those strips of cover crop. So I've ad- we've adapted some equipment recently, but uh, not looking to purchase anything in the near future.
2: How do you envision, you know, your farm in 10 years kind of looking, you know, like what's going to be important?
1: So, you know, the the, the core of my beliefs lies right with taking good care of the soil. Um, You know, from my observation, generations before me have, without intention, have depleted our soils, you know, by 50%. From farming practices in general. Uh, so it's my goal in my career to reverse that. We've, in my short career, we've stopped the loss, but I'm working towards building it back. And I know I won't be able to do that back to 100% in my career, but I can surely reverse it. So what I am doing, and my goals in my career, are to integrate livestock back onto the farm on every acre, um, and to be able to accomplish that, you know, it's going to take it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, so, you know, I have purchased some farm ground, and uh, so now I have control over it, and so I'm re- putting fence rows back in so that I can manage livestock, you know, in rotation with row crops. Um, and uh, my family has a small land base that, you know, we have the same goals and we're doing the, the same thing on, but none of that happens overnight. I mean, if any, anybody that's built new perimeter fence before knows that it doesn't happen overnight. So it takes time and, and money, uh, but uh, that's my goal. But then in doing so, I'm trying to do I would like to net more dollars per acre with less acres, essentially spending the same amount of time just applying more management and better focus on the ground that we own as a whole. I have no desire to farm tens of thousands of acres. That sounds exhausting. So my goal is to maximize opportunity on the land that we own you know, uh, as quickly as I can. So in order to reach that point, the only way that I can see to accomplish that is to decommodicize the farm. And we're doing that by getting away from just conventional corn and soybeans. So switching some things to organic, uh, direct marketing meat from the farm, raising cover crops, getting them cleaned and certified and tested and selling them off the farm as seed, going into these other marketplaces that are not the easy button, if you will, for delivery and check, you know. And it all takes a little more work and a little more management. However, so far, where I've done these things, the net profitability is overwhelming over the rest of the conventional farm. And then when you figure it from a per acre perspective. That has, I've woken up when it comes to that. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to tell you this five years ago because, you know, commodities were on a downward trend, but it was still doable, you know, so you just kind of kept going. Now, I'm motivated because I have no land base that's paid for. So I've got a mortgage payment to make. And where I do rent farms, I've got a rent check I have to deliver. So I am making these changes to the farm but I'm tiptoeing because I still have those commitments to make and I know that I can cash flow it and net zero uh, but that you know what am I doing it for if it's just a rent check and not a mortgage you know when I'm paying my mortgage I am you know increasing my personal equity you know so that's okay to me um, but but the rent check is so, trying to get away from that. Um, does that answer your question?
2: Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. Um, I think the the only other follow up I'd, I'd have, and this kind of plays off the one that I asked, uh, you know, during the interview, was, um, it, you know, looking at it from, uh, you know, maybe more of a product or service or, or technology standpoint. I mean, um, is there anything? and you mentioned, you know, obviously having something that's going to tie, uh, a lot of the platforms that you're using now. And you mentioned, you know, the, the value you're still seeing in SMS, um, you know, is there something, you know, uh, in your mind, you know, that could be engineered or developed that you feel would be kind of game changing, uh, in terms of, you know, the, efficiency production standpoint, um, you know, on on your farm, um, you know, whether it is a particular piece of equipment or some technology aspect or even something on the service side that you feel would just be extremely beneficial. And and again, this could be down the road looking into the future.
1: I don't have a good answer for that, Jack. I guess I uh, personally, I got so into technology, it burnt me out. Um, it's so overwhelming with the options, uh, in the marketplace that, you know, throw a, throw a guy, throw a new producer in or an experienced one like me or an old farm, older farmer and, um, okay, here's all the platforms, which one, which one works for you? And there is going to be no obvious answer. So there's, there's almost too much. Um and so and no one fits the bill for me perfectly um, I mean frankly I have built my own Excel spreadsheet because I'm really uh, proactive in that program and I built a program that works for me um, you know I'm really good at creating macro equations and that and it just that's what clicks for me. So I don't really have a good answer for what would be a good fix-all or uh, what would, you know, help the industry as a whole or even me personally. I've just had to, uh, I mean, I'm down to using SMS for analytics, Excel for tracking income and expenses and uh, commodity sales, and using climate for Tracking rainfall uh, across fields—that's what I am down to. Mm-hmm. Um, the we have used climate um, in previous years and still do for tracking varieties and yields and trying to run generated reports on that. But when it comes to post-calibrating, it's a nightmare. Where SMS is way simpler with no issues. If I have my iPad and I, I <laughs> I had it all set up so I could hook the iPad up in the combine um, and you know put my yield maps on real time well every it seems as though you know probably three or four times throughout harvest I'm rarely in the cab of the combine just so as it happens and whenever the iPad needs an update which seems often you know, things don't work, and then the operator in the cab at the point in time, you know, doesn't know, well, I better go start my day two hours early, because who knows how long the update's going to take, you know, and and I know that I can harvest anyway while the update's going on, but, you know, it becomes a nightmare for me, because I'm managing the technology, but I'm in the truck hauling the grain, you know, and so I'm on my Bluetooth all the time, you know, trying to walk people through it, and uh, so I actually... I gave up on it and I took the iPad out and I just grabbed the data at the end of the year and plug it in, you know. Um, And then we've got, our planners are too old to hook any of that technology up, Uh, but I went through the trouble of hooking one up because I was told I could, plugged it all in and then it wasn't working and they figured out that, well, your planner's two years too old, so the firmware won't work, you know. I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So I've gone through all this work of trying to adapt, but, you know, our farm is not, you know, rolling planters and tractors and combines all the time. So we don't have the latest technology and the marketplace needs to do a better job of adapting into the older equipment, you know, because it's not going away. You can rebuild a 900 cycle planter way cheaper than you can make the first payment on any new planter. I mean, it's just things like that uh, have kind of exhausted me on the technology side, frankly. Well, thank you, Trent,
0: for sharing your objectives and outlook for driving farm productivity in the future. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Solutions, for helping make this Strip-Till Farmer podcast series possible. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessidermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest strip till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at strip till farmer.com for our free strip till strategies daily e-blast. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at strip till F A R M R and on our Strip-Till Farmer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 podcast series. For Trent Sanderson, AgriSolutions, and our entire staff here at Strip-Till Farmer, I'm Jackson Licka. Thanks for listening.